Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's get small talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 110 of Let's Give the Small Talk. Today is going to be a special episode. Because today we're going to talk about Cuba. Has anyone else been seeing online? Uh, Cuba has been in the news. It's been in a lot of headlines. And me personally, I've always been fascinated and intrigued by Cuba because of the United States history with Cuba. It's very complicated, very controversial. That's the perfect word to use. So anytime Cuba comes up, it piques my interest. And I want to know what's going on in Cuba. So in order to try to understand why the protesters are upset in Cuba today, we have to go back a little bit to see where did this all start? So we'll be talking about the origins and try to piece this puzzle all together and Try to view it as objectively as possible. But before we dive deep into the nitty gritty, first, let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy Let's Skip the Small Talk and you would like to help the podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. All you have to do is simply text this episode link to one person in your phone. Just one person. You guys have been doing so. So please continue to do so. I deeply appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you in advance. All right. Let's kick this show off with a little motivation. Three, two, one. Score. Goal season is here. I repeat. Goal season is here. First and foremost, I want to give a special shout out to all the goal seekers out there. Everyone that is in our community of progression, everyone that is striving and thriving and trying to do better in life. I want to give a special shout out to you today because number one, as we approach our finish line, our pace is picking up. Anytime you do anything for a period of time, at times it could be draining. At times it could be exhausting. At times you can lose your way. But so many of us are on track right now that it just makes me smile so big, so big because progression is so beautiful. Progression is so beautiful. So I just want to give a special shout out to everyone that is on track, on pace to finishing their race. Keep it up. Keep on running. You are doing a great job. Speaking of finishing, can somebody tell me what today is, please? Can somebody tell me 
while we love today. Can somebody please tell me what makes today so, 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 so special than the other six days in a week? Somebody tell me what today is, please. That's right. That's right. It's Finish Strong Friday. Finish Strong Friday. Y'all join in with me. Finish Strong Friday. Finish Strong Friday. Finish Strong Friday. Let's go. It's Finish Strong Friday. Ugh, I love today, man. And I know we all do. We all love today because you know, you know why we love today? The beautiful thing about today is you must make sure all the boxes are checked off on your checklist. That's the beautiful part. Because it's all about execution. Today is all about tying up those loose ends. Today is all about making sure everything is done before we move on into the weekend. Because listen, guys, anything we start, we must finish. We don't start to pause. We don't start to stop. We don't start to procrastinate. No, no. See, Finish Strong Friday is all about one thing and one thing only, and that's execution. We have all week to try to figure it out. We have all week to try put the work in. Today is that one day where it's going to be done. There's no excuses. We don't allow excuses on Finish Strong Friday. We just don't. So I am encouraging you to finish strong. I'm encouraging you to tie up all your loose ends. I am encouraging you to make sure that you finish whatever you started. Please finish strong and then enjoy yourself and respect balance. Right? We work, we play, we work, we relax. Balance it out, guys. It's not all about work, work, work. Okay? All right. Enjoy executing and then enjoy your weekend. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, in order to try to put this puzzle together, we got to go back. Let's go back a few decades. It all began in about 1959. 1959 is when Fidel Castro established the revolutionary socialist state in Cuba. He and a group of guerrilla fighters successfully revolted against President Batista. Okay, now here is where things took a turn because President Batista was supported by the United States government. That is the genesis of this all. During this time, the Cold War was going on, right? So you had America versus the Soviet Union. And America was really trying to nip communists in the bud. They didn't want it spreading throughout the nation. So they were trying to keep their thumb on it as much as possible. Now, the fact that Fidel Castro believed in communism and the fact of Cuba's proximity to America and the fact that the Soviet Union was building nuclear missiles in Cuba, it uh, 
it made things very dicey. Needless to say, things went downhill pretty fast. I mean, by 1960, President Eisenhower slashed the import of Cuban sugar, freezing Cuban assets in the United States, and imposing a near full trade embargo. That means that between these two countries, there's no trading going on. And that means Cuba loses out on billions of dollars. But it didn't stop there. A few years later, a full embargo trade was imposed and Cuba couldn't rely on America. So there was relying on the Soviet Union, but then the Soviet Union, you know, it uh, it dispelled. And then it was relying on Venezuela as an ally and Venezuela went through tough times as well. So needless to say, it's been tough for Cuba. Um, a lot of times I know personally, when I think of Cuba, the first thing that comes to mind is like the classic cars. It's like the retro feel of like the 1950s and 60s after doing some research. It's the reason why those images normally come to mind is because Cuba, in so many words, have been stuck in time. Think of this, right? I lived in a town of Bluefield, West Virginia. Years, years, years ago, I went to college there at Bluefield State College. The town of Bluefield, West Virginia, the mountains are beautiful, and the people, some of the people are beautiful. But when you look at the town for what it is, it's stuck in the past. See, Bluefield, West Virginia was one of the most prominent cities in the country at one point in time because of the coal mine. As the coal mines begin to fade out, Bluefield didn't transition with technology. So with me living there for four years, compared to other cities that I live in, it felt like a city of the past, even though it was 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. The the railroad track was still running through. The coal mines are still trying. If you wasn't working at the coal mine, then you was working at Walmart or Dish Network. And that was about it. The city didn't advance with time and technology. And I witnessed that firsthand in Bluefield, West Virginia. And that's similar to how it is in Cuba. It didn't advance with the time because it didn't have the resources. So it's stuck. It's stuck in time. Granted, the fact that Fidel Castro and the United States government just never seen eye to eye. I mean, we had the Bay of Pigs invasion. That's when the CIA sent in about 1,400 Cuban exiles. They sponsored the whole mission, the whole operation. They sent them into Cuba to try to overthrow Fidel. And they they lost. Yeah, they they lost. That that didn't happen. It went on for about three days and 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 they learned quickly that Fidel's not going down without a fight. And that's how it's been. See, Fidel had the idea and mindset of free education, free housing, free health care, right? Socialist, communism. But when you don't have 
the resources, that's when things could get tough. And that is what's been happening. And that's what happened in Cuba. I mean, granted, President Barack Obama during his presidency, he loosened up some of the restrictions, but those restrictions were imposed just again as soon as Donald Trump came back in office. So it's the whole history of the United States and Cuba, like I said before, is checkered. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of Cubans who have fled Cuba to come to Miami. They have a whole policy, a whole policy, an understanding between Fidel and the United States. If you want to leave Cuba, leave. You can go to Miami. You can go to Florida. And then that changed over time from hundreds of thousand people coming a year to them putting a restriction of 20,000 people a year. Needless to say, there's two sides to every story. When you put all the puzzle pieces on the table and you look at it for what it is, considering everything that Cuba has been through, and this is only just a small scope of it, you guys definitely have to do your researches much, much more and try to be objective as possible. You know, uh, the United States will have you believe in one thing and Cuba will have you believe in one thing. Cuba government loves to show the photos of the classic cars and the food and the restaurants. Uh, but there's another side of the story. There's there's a lot of poverty there as well. Same thing in America. You know, America will show you New York City, the lights, the glamour, L.A. But every metropolis city has some sort of homeless population. I mean, I can speak for myself here in Boston, right? So there's two sides to every story and everything, right? And everybody is always going to try to paint themselves in the best light as possible. But the problem today that I gathered from the protesters in Cuba is enough is enough. They are tired of the shortage of food and medical supplies and oil and gas, and they're fed up. That's what it is, guys. That's my understanding of it. They're fed up, and the government is not trying to lose control of his country. So, so now you have thousands, thousands of Cubans in the streets protesting. It got so bad to the point that the government shut off the internet in Cuba because of social media. Because of the images that was coming out, right? The videos, the photos of the protesters. And like I said, as a government, you're going to always try to paint yourself in the best light as possible. We know that firsthand here in the United States. Even when you take it away from the government, that's just kind of like how humans are in general. Look at Instagram. And I'm not going to veer away from the topic. I'm going to stay right here on topic. But look at Instagram. Right. Look at Facebook. You post the photos. Usually, predominantly, you post the photos that show you in the best light. You post the photos of you on vacation. You post the photos of you uh, dressed up in your best. Right. Or whatever holiday it is. Right. So I understand. But I also understand that the people are fed up. And enough is enough where this will go. I don't know. It's so complicated, guys. It's so checkered. It's so controversial. Whatever word you want to use that start with a C. It's so much that all you can do is truly hope for the best. 
And, you know, I'm living here in America. I'm not living there firsthand, right? I'm speaking from the standpoint of an outsider with a small glimpse peering in, small, small scope, only have the slightest idea. It will be interesting. It will be interesting to see how it all play out because in any government that I'm familiar with in this world, they don't like to give up control. And I also understand the power of the people. Like when people come together, anything is possible. Anything. So if you guys are interested, stay abreast and try be objective as possible. When you do your research, try hear from both sides, right? It's real easy to become biased. That's all. Just be objective for your own good, right? That's with anything in life. Be objective. We'll see how it all play out. I mean, there's so much going on in the world. There's a civil war in Ethiopia. Lebanon is experiencing poverty that it's never witnessed before. There's the turmoil in South Africa. Haiti's president was just assassinated. It's just so much, so much. And the crazy part about it is, only certain things get highlighted in the news. That's that's the scary part, right? That there's some things going on in the world that you would just never know about because it would just never come across your timeline or your feed. But Cuba, Cuba has been coming across my timeline. I can speak for myself. And it has been in the headlines in the news as well um, on various different platforms. I just wanted to come in and just shed some light on the situation and... Only thing we could do from here is wait and see. Wait and see how it all plays out. And with that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know, each and every episode, I recommend something for you to read, something for you to watch, something for you to do because you deserve to treat yourself. So grab a fork. It's time for a treat. What I recommend that you watch is a classic movie that I just watched for the first time the other day. The Sum of All Fears, starring Morgan Freeman and Ben Affleck. And it was actually inspired by Tom Clancy's novel by the same title, The Sum of All Fears. And it was about the United States and Russia and how they were this close to going to nuclear war with one another. Ben Affleck played an analyst who didn't believe that the attack on American soil truly came from Russia. So he was trying to do some research. He's trying to figure it out. And right before, right before the nukes were launched, he got to the bottom of it and stopped a nuclear war from happening between the two countries. You guys have to check it out. I don't want to give the, the movie away. It's really, really good. Oh, man. You guys check it out. It's on Netflix, The Sum of All Fears. Now for something to read. Like I said, the movie is inspired by the novel by Tom Clancy. Who doesn't love a good Tom Clancy American spy novel? The Sum of All Fears. Read the book. Watch the movie. Check it out. Really good. All right. Now for something to do. What I recommend that you do is if you're interested, do your research into the situation that is currently happening in Cuba and be objective as possible. Be objective 
and draw your own conclusions. That's most important. Drawing your own conclusions from the information that you've gathered. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I deeply appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send it to one, two, three, four people in your phone so they can enjoy it as well. I deeply appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you in advance. All right. Before you leave, I want to leave you with this quote. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Thank you.